Hey guys, what's up? It's Will with American Hard Enduro. We are headed back from the Texas Rev Limiter 2020 edition. We are currently on I-20 somewhere in the middle of Louisiana. Um, we did a instant recap for you guys tonight. Hopefully some of you that are driving home can get to listen to it. It might entertain you and help pass an hour or more. Um, I'm in the van with Travis Wilson and Rob Cosler. Um, and Drew Kirby and Jarrett Moan are in Drew's van. So the first section or first segment of this podcast is going to be from my van. The second segment is going to be from Jarrett or excuse me, Drew's van. Hopefully you guys enjoy this. Um, don't forget to, you know, leave us a review of our podcast. Give us a like, um, you know, if you like it, if not, then whatever. Um, anyways, Hopefully you had a good weekend, and we'll see you out on the trail. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Will Preston with American Hard Enduro. I'm here with Travis Wilson and Rob Cosler. We are driving back from the Revlimiter 2020 edition that was held in Bridgeport, Texas. Where are we? We're currently on 20 East. Yep, 20 East, uh, heading towards Louisiana. Yeah, so we've been in the car, I don't know, for a good two or three hours. We had an amazing Mexican, authentic Mexican dinner at some place in Dallas that we were the only gringos there, and um, everybody was looking at us like we were crazy. But we had Rob order for us because neither Travis nor I can speak any Spanish. But <laughs> what did you think about that dinner, Travis? That was excellent. We couldn't hear much because of the uh, gangster mariachi band. <laughs> but... Uh, it was delicious. <laughs> yeah, so we all got street tacos. Um, I don't even know if they knew what street tacos were, but they seemed to fix them pretty damn good. Um, so, basically, m- me and um, Travis, we raced this weekend, and then as, as well, um, Drew and Jarrett, they're in the, the other sprinter van. What do we think, what are we going to call this? The Tale of Two Sprinters. The tail of two sprinters. So this is the, I guess this will be the first tail of these two sprinters. We are in the uh, the Gray Ghost. Drew's driving the Brown Streak. Um, Drew is with his wife Leah and Jarrett. So hopefully they're doing a podcast at the same time. We, we'll put them back to back and uh, compare stories later. But hopefully this will keep y'all entertained. There we go. That's Mr. Travis Wilson's drink. Um, Rev Limiter, I'll just start off, talk about my weekend a little bit. Um, Saturday morning, 8.30, early start. Weather was beautiful. It was like 65 degrees, no humidity. I was able to spectate the amateur race. Um, so ABC and women ran, which included Travis. Um, so it started off at a pretty gnarly obstacle uh, they had the, this like 45 degree angled wooden structure built up a transfer truck flatbed trailer, and then the other side of the trailer they had these monster truck sized tractor tires. Uh, I think three high that stepped down to one high and then off. So it was a pretty abrupt drop. How did you get over the tractor tire obstacle first thing Saturday morning, Travis? I got a decent start on the. Uh we were on the first row. I was on the far right, so 
out of like uh, 50 bikes. Yeah, so I only had, you know, a couple of guys to deal with on my side. But uh, launched right up over the uh, ramp and the telephone poles and then into the tires and then just kind of bounced my way down the tires with a uh, good bit of luck on my side. I forgot to mention that on top of the trailer were, was a stack of telephone poles. So if you imagine toothpicks just strode out about, it's kind of how these telephone poles were with one in the middle that was on top of the other, let's say, 50 telephone poles. So it's a pretty gnarly obstacle. Then as soon as you did that, you took a right-hand turn, went up a big hill, hit the woods, and I think, was it a 14-mile lap for you guys that first race? I think uh, I think it was like 12 miles. Okay, 12 miles, and everybody did two laps. This was a about two hours-ish? I was two and a half hours out there. Okay, so right off the bat, luckily it wasn't hot that morning, um, but, the, but the guys, I mean, they, they put in some serious mileage. Where were you during that race, Rob? I would just rolled up to the start doing a little bit of spectating just helping out with a few last minute things and um i think one of the things worth mentioning was the amount of dew that was left over on top of the tires and it was struggle city i mean a lot of people bounced over and got out there without any major issues but uh man it was pretty gnarly i saw a couple people you know with some front end washouts going on and just hitting that rubber and just either getting down into the pit or the center where the rim of the tire would be and and or just doing a couple face planters and uh it was pretty gnarly man for sure and um you know beyond that uh just bouncing around and trying to see what was going on from section to section and so we um we being me and drew kirby we rode our bikes to a section called i think the red bull roller coaster and it was a just a big old bottleneck. I'm guessing there were f- probably 50, 60 guys hung up in this one section. Did you get through there pretty clean the first lap? I did not have to wait. Uh, there was one person in front of me when I got there. Didn't have to wait uh, very long at all. And at that point, there was only one line. Uh, there looked like you know possible hero lines on each side, but the, yeah. the other side was even worse than what you could see. So that two-and-a-half-hour race, I apologize. We don't have the results in front of us, but I know a rider, I think out of Australia, won maybe Shaw last name. I seriously apologize if I'm, if I'm butchering that. But I think Jackson Davis, I think he was second. Um, I know the, the typical you know, A riders that are always up there. Tobin Miller possibly did well. Uh, Tobin, no. Tobin hurt his knee uh, shortly after the start. Yeah, and I actually, Tobin went over the first obstacle, had a flat tire, went back to the pits, changed it, and then jumped back on course. So, yeah, I guess he hurt his knee right after that then. Yeah, he said he dislocated it and uh, it went back in the socket uh, before, he, before he got up from the ground. Yeah, I think Jackson Watson was up there. Um, and then I know Gavin Smith, I think he won the B race. He uh, has secured the Texas State Championship. Sweet. So that, air quotes, amateur race, um, like Travis said, was the state championship, and it was also the final round of the EEC Extreme Championship. So 
you know, the guys that had secured their spots in the EEC got to claim their prizes, which was very cool. Um, award ceremony was was it, it was last night, late after the second or after the prologue. So, anyways, that was the first race, and then moving on into the um, afternoon, the second race started at one o'clock, and it just the heat started to build. The sun was out. And I think by the time one o'clock rolled around, it was it was a good ninety degrees. It felt even hotter. It did feel hot. So I was the twenty third rider off, um, and it it didn't start well for me because they were counting up from one, which one was Cody Webb. Um, I think two might have been Tristan Hart. I can't remember um, the exact order, but those guys, you know, no problem. So they get to 17, and I'm, you know, I'm staging myself, starting to get ready, and then the number flips from 17 to 23, and they're like, 23 up here, you're leaving in 10 seconds. So I didn't even have a, a minute to prep, so I didn't, I didn't get to get take my traditional drink of water. I didn't get to turn my watch on. I didn't turn the GoPro on. It was just a cluster for me to start. So here, here I am going over this obstacle that. I'm scared to death of. Um, luckily, went over it fine. Came down the other side, you know, hit the woods. First half mile of trail was just, you know, I was riding great. I was like, okay, that, you know, no big deal. That didn't screw me up too bad. Then I went over a little hill where you couldn't see the other side and, and saw a line to the left, took the line to the left and popped up over the hill and it shot me down into like some sagebrush trees. And I was stuck. So. Drew took off 24th, so it felt like a while that I was struggling to. I was pivot turning, I was, you know, pushing, doing everything. Before here comes Drew, and um, I, I, I wave him on by. He goes by me. I, I might have yelled an expletive when he went by. Um, <laughs> finally got going, and my heart rate was pegged in that 30 seconds of struggle. So I never recovered. I, the whole lap, uh, four miles of total struggle. What, what we got going on up here on the road? Yeah, we got some, looks like the tires are so bald on this big rig, you could see sparks shooting out. See that? Yeah. That's pretty insane. I'm yeah, definitely yeah, not going to follow that guy. Let's, let's get out from behind him. So anyways, I start, I, I pass through back in the, the really gnarly rocky stuff, um, and then I fell down in a hole. Drew gets by me, and about this time, here comes Ryder LeBlanc, and he starts. He was starting like five minutes behind us, so it felt like the first two miles, Ryder LeBlanc is just blowing us away. So, anyways, um, somewhere along the line, I think about two miles in, I took a really nasty digger over the handlebars. The bike flew by me and into a rock pile. You know, I pick it up and keep going, and. I just started noticing the, you know how it is when when you're doing a race and you're and you're it feel you know it feels like you've been riding for three hours and the bike's just not handling right. You're like, is, do I have a flat tire? Do you know what's going on? Um, are my brakes hanging up? I, I didn't know what was going on, but I kept going over the handlebars. Every turn, my, my suspension would just knife, and I'd either wash out or go over the handlebars. And I was having moments where, you know, I was like, okay, I'm selling all this stuff. I'm not good at motorcycle riding anymore. Um, you know, I was getting really hard on myself. And finally, 
you know, I took a five-minute break. I was like, all right, Will, just sit down. Let's see if you can get your heart rate down, cool off a little bit. Pulled over in the shade, got got away from the motorcycle. Um, got back on it. I felt like I was riding a little bit better until I went over the handlebars really hard this time. And I landed on a rock on my right quad, kind of the front of my quad, and then the bike landed on me and pushed that rock really hard up in there. So it was like a monster Charlie horse. Took me forever to get out from under the bike. You know, guys going by are asking, are you all right? I mean, what do you say? You say, no, I'm not all right? I mean, you're you're trying to be a man, and, you know, it's hard enduro. You're like, no, I'm fine. Go on. Even though I was crying on the inside. Anyways, that, that was really close to the finish. So I finally got finished. And, you know, people were like, dude, what is wrong with you? Um, why, why are you so slow? And I was like, I don't know. It's awful. Got back to the pits. What was I like back at the pits, Rob? It was it was interesting. I, I know everyone was just kind of rolling in and just exchanging stories. And uh, it was it was pretty interesting. Actually, Travis was the first, first one to spot it. We'd noticed a bit of fork oil on your tire there. And uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm gonna leave a little bit up to you just to, to no, kind of you can roll with it. Okay, roll with it. So we start investigating, and uh, you know, of course, being the suspension guy, I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> what did I do now here? And uh, so we get to looking, and uh, all right, see, we got some fork oil, but you know, no real telltale signs until further inspection reveals uh, what had punctured through the plastic fork guard full wrap around full wrap around so we got the protec units on there and we reach for the big dead blow hammer and it takes a couple huge solid wax and then the forks just whoom pop out a solid three to four inches and we're kind of looking around and you see this massive dent probably one of the biggest fork dents i, I think i've ever seen um so Sure enough, I'm sure I have a little bit of reprieve that it wasn't, in fact, you and that it was just a freak thing and then you're still capable of just totally hauling ass on a bike. So that, that's a good thing. Yeah, sometimes you're actually happy that you find something wrong with your motorcycle because I, I literally thought that I was done. I was like, I cannot ride anymore. This is it. I mean, I'm going to take up underwater basket weaving or something because I suck in motorcycle riding. But anyways, I felt better. I didn't feel good about what I'm going to have to do with my bike now. Luckily, I do know a good suspension guy, Motolab, if, if you need somebody. <laughs> but um, anyways, that kind of ended my weekend. Um, if, you, um, if you go on to the American Hard Enduro Instagram page, you can check out just how gnarly that dent is in my, um, in my lower <laughs> fork. It's unbelievable. Um, and, and throughout the weekend, people would come over and they'd be like, hey, let me see that fork, you know. And so finally I just took the fork guard back off because I'd put it back on. <laughs> so I just took it back off because I got, I got sick of showing people. And they walk up and numerous people were like, holy, you know, whatever. Damn, that thing is huge. So it was a good story. Um, so today... Uh, Jackson Davis and his dad Gary Davis were nice enough to lend me Jackson's practice bike so I could go and, and ride and do some chase footage and just get around the property. Um, I actually ended up helping helped um, Extreme Josh with some course markings uh, for Mark Cook. So 
that was cool. Got to see a little bit of inside out of how that works and pretty much um, learned that between races, man, it's amazing that it all comes together. The course markings, when you're trying to switch over from one race to the next, so much can go wrong because there's so many moving parts. There's so many people out there trying to help. There's arrows, there's banners, there's, it's just, it's a lot to deal with. And then the wind was blowing like 25 knots, according to Sid Lambert. So trying to put banner up between trees when there's no trees and drive stakes into solid concrete dirt. Um, so we're, we're like, we're looking for deadfall to drag out on the trail to tie banner around and to staple arrows to. So point being, I spent like an hour working and these guys, Mark Cook, Revlin Recruit, hats off to you guys. Um, it, it, good job. I mean, I know some people were complaining about having a hard time finding the trail, but once I think once everybody knew that the the pink ribbons were on the right, I think that helped a lot. Um, Travis, did you have much trouble finding the trail, or what was your experience? The uh, first race uh, had a pretty decent start, and being on the front row, there was not a lot of tracks in front of me, and. Uh, I had a couple of areas that I was a little lost, but you, you know, there was so it was so dry you could find dust and and kind of head towards that, and then you'd pick up an arrow or or ribbon. So, kind of shifting gears to the top pros, um, I was lucky enough to get to be able to. Um, I found this one really cool section of trail that was kind of up on a a pinnacle, and it was kind of. It was it was almost like a whoop section, so I, I rode it once and, and nobody was coming. So I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna chill here until I hear somebody coming." So finally, I hear Cody Webb coming, and I was able to duck behind him. And as we're going down the, these whoops, which literally it's like a 45 degree angle drop off on each side, and it's it's kind of sandy. It's very loose, dry soil, and Cody is doubling these things. Huh. And I'm like, what in the world? And luckily, he didn't know the trail. So he almost missed a turn, and I was able to um, catch back up. And then I got to run with him down another big straightaway, up another hill. And then I, I followed him for, I don't know, probably a tenth of a mile. I, I felt pretty proud that I could even hang with him for a minute. So I was like, okay, well, that was that. So I went back to the exact same spot, and here comes Tristan. So I was like, cool. Let's see how Tristan gets through here. So I got behind him, and it's like it was a night and day. I mean, no knock on Tristan. I think it's just a compliment to Cody, and, and maybe maybe it's his experience in the desert or his experience riding that type of terrain. But following Tristan, he, he was lost, man. He was trying to read the arrows. He was trying to find the ribbons, and he was just – it was way slower. So my hat's off to both of them. Because for Tristan to be able to hang that close, and I know he was having a hard time reading the arrows, um, that's something. So it'll be interesting to hear from those guys um, in the weeks to come, or you know, once Blake gets his edit out. I know he he talked to both of those guys after the race, but Cody was on his game this weekend. I, I don't know what you guys saw from those those two. Actually, I was laid up in the trailer uh, <laughs> trying to recover from the, the first three races. 
Okay, so let's rewind to, I guess, race one on Sunday. Tell us a little bit about your race. You don't have to tell us everything. That was probably the longest four miles I've ever, I've ever ridden. Um, you know, that Sunday, the first race was longer than that. Oh, right? that, that was Saturday for four miles for the prologue. Uh, yeah, so, so we we were fifty sixth and fifty seventh in the prologue. So Travis had a bad prologue as well, and he was like, "There's no way you did worse than me." And I was like, "I'm pretty sure I did, dude. Um, it was pretty horrible." And then I felt sorry for you because I finished one position in front of you. And, and then, then you then immediately discovered my fork. Then we find the fork damage. So <laughs> made me feel even worse. <laughs> well, okay, we'll just say we had shitty prologues. All right, and then. Sunday morning, the weather was, it was warmer. It was more humid today this morning than it was Saturday. So I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be bad. But Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday, first race, what would you experience? The weather weather was nice this morning. And uh, it's not that the obstacles were that hard. It just was relentless. They did not stop. And uh, it was... You know, fifty-five gallon drum-sized boulders, uh, jagged, jagged boulders with holes the, the same size next to them. So you kind of had to try to stay on top of that. But which was scary. It was just yeah. And if you didn't have your feet on the pegs, there's nowhere else to put them on the ground. So, <laughs> and I'm just not that good yet. So, and we're not that tall. <laughs> exactly. We got the short leg syndrome. So where'd you end up on Sunday race number one? Uh, 56, 57th maybe. So pretty much where you started. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so I, I know Cody Webb won, Tristan was second, Max Kirsten was third. I know the the beta guys, um, Ron Como and, um, oh gosh, Benjamin Herrera were right there. And then um, I know Ryder LeBlanc um, on the new DRT Delula race team. He was right there. Um, I apologize. I'm, I know I'm leaving some good guys out. There, there was a, a rider from, I believe, Mexico on a Sherco with a Red Bull helmet, which I kept thinking, oh, Wade Young's here. Obviously, it wasn't Wade Young. But, um, you know, Nick Farringer, um, Quinn Winsel, Mitch Carvolf, they were all right there. I, I'm was Dustin McCarthy here? I th- I'm pretty sure he was one of those guys. Rich Larson was around, hanging around the top 15. Um, I know Drew and Jarrett and, and Nick Nick McGowan um, or Nick Wortham, I, I believe is his name. So the, these were – that's probably a good percentage of the top 25. Um, Adam Hartnagel, he had a great weekend. I, I know I saw him running pretty far up there a lot. Um but anyways, so that was race one on Sunday. In between race one and race two, I went out with Josh, the uh, the old Husqvarna mechanic, Josh Schaefer, Scherer, I, I can't ever remember how to say his name. But anyways, we went out, changed some ribbons, changed some some banner and some some flags, um, excuse me, some arrows. Um, and then, so the second race on Sunday, before it started, man, the heat just came on strong. I mean. The sun was blazing, and and I'm convinced that the dry heat is actually it's kind of harder on you because you don't sweat as much, and I don't think you cool yourself off as much. So it 
it almost like cooks you inside of your riding gear it evaporates so quickly it seems like that uh you just you can never cool off it's a very hot heat i mean come on so anyways it's not tennessee heat it's not humid um but it uh, you know we're used to humidity we're not used to that dry just the sun is beating down so anyways race two um same story i mean cody's just running away tristan's chasing and then there's a pretty big gap back to max and and the other beta riders um i mean beta those three guys are they're all in the mail but cody and tristan are kind of on a different level right now um so into race two we're starting to pack up um because travis is just i think he was probably a little bit heat stroke slash dehydrated it's just dehydration okay so he he was getting some help from nurse leah she's and then uh patsy davis put him in her uh, in her um air-conditioned motorhome which helped absolutely thank you patsy right on and so but we were pitted right next to tristan and the ktm team and tristan was pretty smoked we saw we saw Cody come back, and Cody looked smoked. I mean, it was it was a lot. It was a lot of time on the bike, a lot of a lot of mileage. Um, everybody was pretty hammered, to be honest with you. Just the relentless relentlessness of the course, combined with the heat, combined with the mileage, it 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 was a hard enduro without question. So they did moto scoring, uh, three motos. You know, obviously, you get most the most points if you win on down as, as you're down the order. So Cody had the, easily the most points going to the f- final, so he really didn't have to push too hard. Um, I think he probably had to finish top three, and he would have claimed the overall. So in the final, I'm, I'm pretty sure Tristan led the first half of the first lap. Cody got by him in a rock garden and, and really never let up. So Cody went 1-1-1 on the day. Tristan went 2-2-2. And I'm pretty sure Max went 3-3-3. So those guys rolling, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that Max is up there too because that's kind of his Arizona, um, you know, sandy, deserty, hard enduro, rocks with traction. So Max Garrison looked good today. He did look good. Hats off to all those guys. I can't imagine doing two more motos after well, actually, they only did one more than you because they didn't do the amateur race on Saturday. Well, either way, I, I can't imagine another <laughs> another race after the way I was feeling. But those guys are top notch, different level. So I know Jarrett and Drew. They ended up pulling out um, after check two on in race two, and they didn't make the top twenty five. Um, so they were able to do some. American Art Enduro Facebook Live. So hopefully some of y'all got to watch that. If not, you can go onto our Facebook page. You can see all the Facebook Live that I did from Saturday and Sunday. And then um, you can see what Drew and, and Jarrett did um, during the final. So it's pretty cool. It's always a bonus when we have cell phone coverage because it, this year we had cell phone coverage at Tough Like Roar and this race. All the other races no cell phone coverage so we we can't do it when there's no cell phone coverage so we're we're trying to get a cell phone company to sponsor us and and start putting towers at these races it's not working out 
if only we, we knew the right people, but who knows? Um, Rob, any last thoughts on the weekend now that we're headed towards Louisiana? I think it was just really a great weekend overall. I know a lot of people were battling the different conditions. I know probably geographically, obviously, some people had advantages over others. But I think overall it was just always good to hang out, you know, everyone in the scenes, just rock-solid people uh, for the most part. And <laughs> it's uh, it's always a pleasure getting to hang out and then see not only familiar faces that you haven't touched, you know, got to, you know, touch with, get in touch with after a while, but uh, – also meeting new people, so it's it's so always you, great. You've lived in the Phoenix area, so you know a lot of those guys that came from that direction, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Spent about a dozen years out in the Phoenix area and on all the way up into Prescott up there. So got to ride a fair share of that type of terrain. And, you know, same thing. It In the desert, it could be, you know, relentless. Like, you just literally go out for a loop, and it's just nonstop. You just get absolutely pounded. So I think a lot of those guys are really familiar with a lot of that and uh, the blowing dust. I mean, that's that can be pretty tough for people too. So, but overall, fantastic weekend and just uh, some great people. Right on. And Travis, what do you what do you want to wrap it up with? I've got some. Uh, I need to get more experience in that type of terrain. I, I had a few times in the first race on Saturday that that spooked me there wasn't really an established trail yet and the, the nice flat level areas you thought you could really go fast uh that's that's when i'd almost wadded up hitting a small rock hiding in the weeds or and i think that kind of spooked me the rest of the weekend um and that's when i really needed to rest and get regrouped for the next section that i knew was going to be right around the corner good deal well hope everybody that was at the Rev Limiter had a good ride. Um, hopefully you didn't put a huge dent in your fork tube. Um, and hopefully, you know, you're all in one piece. I, I, I don't think I saw anybody really injured this weekend, which is kind of surprising considering, you know, obviously, the yeah, the starting. Oh, my God. It Not only did it – like, they, they made it more difficult each round. Yeah. So as the races went on on Sunday, they started taking away boards – on the front side of the feature and then um i don't know the the next hill the, the the first big hill climb they took an excavator and dug it out and made like a wall so you had to go up a kind of a, a, a straight up face and then the hill um and and then for the final i think i guess they dug out with an excavator on the back side of the big tires of the first feature and filled it with water so you know hey why not right it's it's hard enduro it's extreme off-road so so anyways um that's it for the eec and the ewc this year um the inaugural year of the extreme east and the extreme west uh, brought to you by sherco so we're psyched to be a part of it um hopefully it's just going to keep growing get bigger and better um who knows what's in store for next year i have a feeling it's going to be very similar but if we could add a couple races, that sure would be nice. But um, that's about it for now. Hopefully, uh, we'll get to hear what Drew and uh, Jeremone have to say soon. Thanks, guys. Later. See you. See you on the trail.
Hey guys, Drew Kirby here with American Hard Enduro doing the post-race recap of the 2020 Rev Limiter in Bridgeport, Texas. New venue this year. So we're in my van headed back to Tennessee. My lovely wife is driving, Jarrett Mahoney, or also known as Jarrett Moan, is sitting next to me. How are you, Jarrett? Oh, you know, just tired. Just real tired. Well, so let's start out this podcast by telling how we all got to Texas. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to have to talk about this. We're going to have to talk about Golly. it. Oh, cramp. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, my groin. Yes. Okay. I love it so, when it doesn't happen to me. So my wife and I had planned to do a eight-day trip to Yellowstone and the Grand Teton. So we were out there. Then we spent some time in Idaho at a friend's place. Um, but it just so happened that the Rev Limiter was at the tail end of this trip. So I could obviously fly out there, but I needed a way to get the van, the bikes, and all that. So my good friend Jarrett Moan stepped up and said, I'll be happy to bring your stuff if I can get off work. Fortunately, he got off work. Yep. He had a, a rough night Thursday because he left Thursday evening. Yep. It was the remnants of Hurricane Laura, I believe, were coming through town. Yeah, that sucked. So he got off. It's dark. The back part of my van is like a garage. doesn't have light. So he loaded up in the rain, pretty much in the dark. We, for, we forgot one thing. That was my stand. Other than that, Sorry. you got everything, you'll, you'll correct? You'll see it as soon as we get home. It'll be <laughs> leaning right up against the tree. Well, right now our ETA back to Knoxville is 5.56 a.m. We're 10 hours away. So, anyway, the biggest problem you had, do you want to tell me? I mean to tell yeah, I'll tell all right, go so, ahead. So it was it was quite the ordeal getting everything loaded. You know, Drew has a lot of things that he needed. He couldn't go without them. So, so it is my van. I mean, yeah. But he, he, I think you need to know how to put them in, and I had no idea. So packing. Roger that. Because we, tight. well, and and the other, the most difficult part was we brought a Yamaha 110 for my wife to get around the event on. Yeah, she used it a lot too. <laughs> I, I'm pretty it sure other to people. Put in, by the way. <laughs> All right, but we don't want to make this a five-hour podcast. Sorry, so anyway, <laughs> let's get back to you leaving my house. All right, so I left his house. Wait, you left me some some ditches in my yard apparently you said yeah it's i can't i couldn't see backing out his driveway so there might be tire tracks in your mulch beds all right we'll see no worries but uh <laughs> so i pulled out drove made it to nashville it's like two hours away from knoxville and i was like i would really like a red bull or a monster or something that's not going to make me fall asleep and kill myself in drew's van because <laughs> I assume he would not have insurance coverage for me driving. I should have. But anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, we're good. Oh, nice. But anyway, so as soon as I thought, I'm going to go stop at Half Tank and get me something to drink, I immediately realized that I left my wallet in, in my van. <laughs> Where was your van? My van was in Drew Kirby's parking lot. <laughs> oh, parking lot? I have a parking lot. How about, Sorry, how about in my house? Driveway. Okay. And so... So we, we, we turned around and drove all the way back, and I turned a 13-hour drive into a 17-hour drive. It was wonderful. Well, and of course, I don't know any of this because we're asleep. We've got to catch a 7 a.m. flight out of Idaho Falls. And Jarrett was only an hour later than he said he was going to be there. Well, I planned to stop and take a five-hour nap, and I just stopped and took a one-hour nap <laughs> instead. So... All right, well, let's get back to the weekend because I don't think they really care That's about right. how just, we got yeah. here. But anyway, just hopefully a little humor for all you. Uh, yeah, it probably makes every every, it'll at least make everyone feel good about themselves. 
<laughs> Hopefully. So once we all got together and he actually picked us up real close to the Dallas-Fort Worth air airport, we drove an hour north to Bridgeport, Texas, the new location from the rev limiter. Uh, the first three races were, first three rev limiters were at um, Rocky Ridge, just north of Decatur, Texas. So new venue, it was really cool because it was six minutes from the hotel we stayed at in Bridgeport. I think it's technically, I think it's Northwest OHV area. It is technically in the city of Bridgeport. So <clears throat> really cool. There was a lot going on this weekend. Um, we had the rev limiter on the property. We had a torn hair scramble on the property. There was a massive Jeep thing. Uh -huh. It was like a, I, I equate it to like a poker run. I think it was like a demo assume. day. Like you come oh, bring really? your Jeep and they had a little course where you could like oh. look at this Jeep products and it was actually the manufacturer Jeep. Was there Money providing was slung around? Yeah, there was a lot of really expensive Jeeps and Jeep parts there. And then the fourth thing going on, which we'll talk about, uh, was the autocross. The autocross in the field, it was probably a 50 acre field, a flat field. That and you autocross is basically rally racing, but with like daily drivers. So, and by daily drivers, we mean I guess you could do anything, but most of the ones we saw were beaters. Yeah, like. VW Golfs, Subaru, some, Legacies. Uh, some, Civ uh, some Honda Civic. So yeah. we, we were leaving after the Saturday race. We'll just jump ahead to the autocross. Oh, yes. And we pull up to watch. I just pull the van in this field, and the guy's like, man, can you back up? We can't see the finish line. And we had no idea we were in the way. And one of the guys said, do you guys want to take a ride in one of these? And we, said, well, we kind of yes. looked at him like, isn't Yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> he just said, you need a helmet. So, of course, we had helmets like, with us. I was like, I have a helmet. So, we immediately jump out and take a, it was an 80-second lap around this course with lots of lefts and rights in these rally autocross Dude. beater cars. And it was, Home what was it you said? Homegirl and her Mazda Miata knew how to knew how to sling the back end around. What, I'll say that. What was the most fun part of your day on Saturday? That. <laughs> was it more fun than the race? Oh, like, <laughs> it goes riding the race then watching the race would have been more fun and then autocross so autocross was on top yes. the race was on bottom correct all right so let's get back to it the new the new location is i guess kind of a quarry um there's they dug out some stuff had a pond at the bottom lots of big rocks very small like carl's diner ish rocks but Lots of consequences if you fell off them. So yep. Saturday morning, I think it was 8.30 a.m., the amateur race happened. It was two hours? Yeah. Yeah, two two or two and a half hours. And there was a huge bottleneck. We were we kind of jumped ahead. We were looking at some stuff on our bikes. And someone said, man, no one's come through. There's got to be a bottleneck. And uh, we found the bottleneck. It was like the Red Bull roller coaster area. Yeah. And it was massive bottleneck, was, was it not? It was it was a one-lined rock garden that was very difficult for normal people. And normal people, I mean, I don't mean like... No, it was hard for us. Like people that aren't factory riders would have issues with it. Well, and everyone was going through this one-lined rock garden. Well, and actually for the main event that we'll talk about at the end, they put them back basically on the same path that Pretty those much. guys had to take. Because when we got there, they'd actually... One, one bigger... Yeah, one bigger stepper. Yeah, but. which we'll also talk about. Yes, um, yes we will. But so Troy, oh, Troy De Simone is Troy. who Jarrett mentioned. So I, My man. I do not know who won the overall 
amateur race. I know um, Jackson Davis we thought was going to win it, yeah. and it was a, a guy from Australia that I think came with the McCarthy family. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, it, it was someone I'd never heard of. I know he kind of bummed his knee up I'll in the afternoon up. race. I'll look it up here real quick. All right. So we give him his due diligence. Yes. Give him, we'll give him his recognition. Yeah. He earned it. So I guess the – I don't want to say the highlight – but the gnarliest thing about the amateur race is the starting event. And if you've seen any rev limiter footage or Red Bull override footage, there is usually some obstacle that they start. And you go about uh, – my wife just ran something over. I don't know what it was. Oh, you know? Oh, oh she, was it a live skunk? No, it was already dead. Oh, okay. It still so stinks. Now it's, just, yeah. now it's just on the tires. <laughs> yeah, we're going to so smell skunk for the, next, for the next 10 hours. Oh. I, we're recording. Focus. Right. Uh, These feet have done work today. All right. So back to the starting feature. They took a flatbed 18-wheeler trailer, built a ramp out of I don't even know what up to it. But instead of just a ramp, they put a telephone pole in the front of the ramp, so you couldn't get a good clean hit. Couldn't jump it. No. And then at the top on the flatbed trailer, they had I would say six or seven telephone poles, not flat. Oh, like they had a. They had a layer of flat telephone poles with a layer on top. So added a little level of difficulty, but then the hard part was on the way down there was massive, not monster truck tires, but like heavy equipment tires, and they were stacked too too high. Well, there was a layer, and then there was a one more on top, and in the morning there was a heavy dew, a heavy dew. All right, so we got Shane Moss is who won the amateur. Jackson Davis got second. Rodrigo Lopez got third. And then Andrew and Andrew Dobbs, a.k.a. Drew Dobbs, got fourth overall. Just just an offshoot. I remember seeing Shane Moss got like 15th in the final. So the fact that he did that with doing every single race is even more impressive. Kudos, buddy. Well, and he – No, it says he's on a KTM. I thought it might be the guy that we were trying to figure out. A lot of these are wrong. Like okay. Rodrigo oh. on a beta. Okay. Not a thing. So we did see him in the final. We didn't know who he was. Yes. Okay. So back to the starting thing. We'll sort of stay on track. The <laughs> the stuff you see down the interstate. There's a Cadillac <laughs> with a storage bin ratchet strapped on top of the trunk. <laughs> Whatever works. All right. So these tires had a heavy layer of dew on them, and they were slick as snot for the amateurs. Yeah, that was just for the first line. The other lines had to deal with the dew and the gas that had yes. leaked out onto all of the <laughs> I mean, tires. There was every row had, I don't want to say half the field, but a third of the field went over the bars. And then some of the, the riders would stick the front wheels in the holes of the tires, and it would take four course workers to get their bikes out. And luckily, oh. the, the nice one nice thing, they were running live laps scoring uh, with the pucks and the phones. So they could actually hold up the next row till that was cleared because i mean instead of a minute between rows they ended up it was it was it all just, sorts of different times that yes they went off. but at least they were able to clear the course make sure it was safe and there was actually you went over this obstacle under the kenda arch hard right turn and up a pretty good hill um my highlight personally from the amateur race oh. <laughs> you know what i'm talking yeah, about uh tobin miller's brother who was I it tobin miller's brother yeah Oh, I didn't know that. So there was a kid out there, the schoolboy class, on a YZ85. And this kid made it up on top. Then he got pretty hung up in the track or the tires on the way down, dude. But he sent it full speed up this, probably 60 foot straight up. Straight boner air. But he never let out at the top. And we didn't know if it was like a, uh, what's that, like a, a 
a pyramid. And like, so it, we didn't know what was on the other yeah, side. Yeah, we didn't know what was on their side from he ground didn't level. Either, I assume. And I don't know how. I mean, there was probably ten feet of flat before it dropped straight off. And he obviously survived because I saw him at that major bottleneck we were talking about later. Yeah, I assume it was. I thought I heard it was Tobin Miller's brother. Yeah, I think, well, I know Tobin Miller's brother, or excuse me, Tobin Miller's dad, Ben, posted, I don't know if it was a friend of theirs or somebody on Facebook. Tucker Miller. Tucker Miller, so it must be. He yeah. did awesome on a YZ85. He was on an 85. Yeah, out there. Extreme Enduro. Yeah, so, um, so again, we said the top three of the amateur race. So then the top, I think, 175 amateurs and all of the pros had to do a four mile hot lap qualifying race on at one o'clock on Saturday. So it was, it was hot. And that was something we'll talk about hot and dusty, no rain, no, no trees to shade you while you're riding. I'll say very little because we did get stuck in some trees today. (laughs) Not wrong. Um, so that went off. Cody Webb was your winner. Tristan Hart was second. And then Ron Como ended up third with a Saturday qualifier to set things. But the way Como they did it, it, yeah, Como did crush it in the hot, in the qualifier. Um, but the way they did things for Sunday was I think they took the top 100. So basically 10 rows of 10. Um, yeah. And then they sent us straight back into that obstacle. But they changed a few things. So we went over the starting thing, and then they decided to, on this big hill where Tobin's little brother sent it, they dug about a two-foot... Just to clarify, we're on Sunday now. Yeah, yeah I went to yeah, Sunday. Okay. I went on to Sunday. So we got the 10 rows of 10, yep. uh, top 100 go through. So moving on yeah. to Sunday, I should okay. say. So we started 8.30 in the morning again, um, but somebody, we, we looked at the start, and somebody said, you guys need to go look at that first hill. <laughs> so we walk around there, and they used a piece of equipment to dig about a two foot wall not that bad but this is a real loose real steep hill that like with momentum it was nothing yesterday yeah I mean, no it, you it could, was you could coast to the top you had a really good run out yeah and it was great so but, but then what they scooped out to make the two foot wall they put on top of the two foot wall so basically it eliminated the wall at the bottom of the hill yes so but, you had to wheelie the wall and then climb the entire rest of the hill with zero speed. Yes, but th- they'd also put what they dug to make the steep wall on top. They piled it on top of the little wall they dug out. So we walked it. I walked over there with Cody and Tristan, and the ribbon that they narrowed us down was about three feet to the left, and there was a spot where the wall wasn't. So, okay, we see the first row go. All of a sudden, they're all kind of struggling to get up it, and we're going, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. I got the whole shot. It was beautiful. Made it over. I, oh, the other thing, they took some of the boards out on the up ramp, which just added the scary factor for yep. me because I did not want to drop my back wheel in there. No doubt. Came around there, and I had my sight set where I was going, and they'd move the banner, <laughs> and I just choked. I mean, I hit it way too fast. Long story short, all ten, all nine other guys on my row got by me, and I turned Gosh. around and got to hit it again. How, did, how was your start? What did you think of that starting obstacle? Did you have any issues? Uh, no. my I was dodging people because I kind of took my time. Yep. And I saw there was – I took off, and I had a pretty good start. But the guy to my immediate right also had a pretty good start. And he got over the telephone poles on top a little <coughs> better than me. Okay. And so I saw him get real squirrely Ooh. going down the tires as I was about to go. And I I – Check up. up. I checked up a little bit, and it's good because he went right across where I would have gone no, down. Oh, you'd have just smashed completely him. sideways, and I would have I would have jumped onto his seat. Oh. But I let him go, 
and I was maybe fourth going up that hill. I didn't have any problems. Um, I just got lucky, I guess. No, well, and that's what I, I was, I guess, so excited. I got over yeah. there clean. So <laughs> it was, it was dusty. I mean, anytime you're in Texas and it hadn't rained, um, and they're like Jared said, there wasn't a lot of shade, so not much to hold moisture in the ground. So I think our course was, it was a two hour race. Yeah. We had to do as many laps as we could. Which was, um, which was not many, not many. <laughs> Uno, well, I did Uno. I did not do Uno. So I ended up, I think I qualified 32nd. I was on the fourth row. Um, what'd you qualify? Any clue? 40 something. Yeah. Jared's bike wasn't running good yesterday. We had, we struggled. Yeah. It's fine. He, he was, he was ready to not ride today after yesterday, but. I was very happy to just drink beers night before but but Sid Sid Lambert ended up fixing my bike yeah so he's an angel of a human Jarrett's float was set a little too low or high and he wouldn't get enough fuel in the float bowl so anytime he got on an incline the bike would starve for gas and it couldn't pick it up this is a major issue at extreme enduros (laughs) there was a few up and down hills I got I got into some scary situations on the on the hot lap but either way well, so then we go out, They the hot lap again, they cut it down to like a four-mile course. So <clears throat> for the Saturday first race, um, they opened it up to everything plus more stuff. Big Bertha. Uh, Sunday Rick, first race. Sunday first race, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I got my fact checkers. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you're not, no worries. I'm listening. So <clears throat> they opened it up, and nothing horrible. Everything was pretty good until we actually got in some trees, some fresh single track. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is great. We're it in the shade. horrible real quick. It, well, <laughs> it, was, it was great. You drop down, and all of a sudden, all I could hear was bikes revving. And yeah. I pull up, and there's about six or seven of my friends yeah. watching two or three of my other friends yeah. struggle to make it up. I think the they whole called clan it, was there at the bottom. The whole clan. you, Drew Dobbs. Yep. Travis ended up Travis. there. Travis. Wayne Dickert showed up. Uh, Rich Larson. Rich Rich Larson was there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Will, was Will there? No. No, he started behind us. No, he didn't race today because yeah, race. if you guys have Instagram, go check out the AHE Instagram. Will destroyed yes, a fork right. tube yesterday, which would explain why his bike rode quite poorly on never, the Saturday qualifier. Never seen a fork tube with a golf ball-sized dent in well, it. And his fork tube was literally compressed about four inches and somebody said man your forks look like they're really compressed he comes he comes in he's like man i just suck at this sport (laughs) and someone's someone's like dude your forks are compressed to bottoming out and he's like oh (laughs) well and so luckily um and and i will say like i said we're doing a podcast will travis wilson and rob i forgot his last name again will just suspension rob suspension rob moto lab rob are headed back in will's van and so we were blaming the suspension guy who just happened to be there. <laughs> and he takes the – he literally takes his foot and tries to uncompress the forks. Can't do Can't it. Can't do it. Takes the fork guard off, hits it with a three- to five-pound dead blow hammer, and the whole thing goes <laughs> – and out it popped, and <laughs> like, here comes the golf ball. A, pops like three, four inches out. Oh, man. So that is why Will was not racing today. So he actually did some chase, chase and helped out um, – Josh and the Revlimiter guys do some coursework and change things up. So, anyway, let's go back to, I think it was called Lady Rocks, Rock Ladies. It was the only moisture out there, other than the mud holes that would swallow up Jeeps. And, man, if those rocks were the same breed as the other rocks, I'm really glad it didn't rain. Oh, yes. Oh, 
but those rocks were some of the slickest rocks. Yeah. I actually. Yeah. Well, and there was a little creek that we actually. Back, so yeah, so that's as slick as that. Oh, but that was that was demoralizing. Traction. So it basically turned into a team up fest, one line. But then, of course, the longer you sit there, the more people come. And when we got there again, it was probably six of us. We all knew each other, and it was like Gary Shelter was there too. Yeah. It was like I'm going, or yeah. I think I can't remember who we was were, first. We all looked at each other, and we were like, "Gentlemen's agreement." Like you guys know who what the yeah. order was. And then, so, yeah. obviously, the more people showed up, it started getting more interesting as the crowd kept forward, crept yeah. forward, and crept forward. And I was glad I was there pretty early and didn't have to see what happened behind me because I bet it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so Travis said he was there for an hour. Yeah, he said, I mean, I, we were probably there 20, 25. You got through it. Cause, so 20 once, before we even hit the hill. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, not yeah. to mention. Yes. Yep, still the first race. Okay. That was the bad bottleneck was in the first race. So once you got up this, it was kind of off camber up and then back down. And there were some holes that you just had to not fall in. Yep. And so we ended up teaming up. Um, I can't remember who I teamed up with. Um uh, it was Gary Shelter. We helped each other, um, got up, made the turn, got out, and then Drew Dobbs was actually hung up. His clutch was broken, helped me out of another part of it, and then we were off. But after that, there were some of the tightest rock ledges we had to squeeze between with trees growing up, yeah. and you were already just absolutely smoked. And you basically had to crash through them. Yeah. There was, was, there was no way to go through the obstacle on your bike. Well, and there was a lot of really sharp, really close together rocks with gaps in them that you, the rear wheel would go in, the front wheel. Yeah. I've never heard so many crunches and it was, cracks yeah, it was without a, crashing. It was a very bad place to put your bike pretty much all the time. Yeah. Like and there was constantly parts being broken, it seemed like. There was, there was lots of hard hits, yeah. for sure. Um, so, I guess after Rick's Diner 2 was, I don't want to say the low point for me, but it was in the open sun. I'll in say these... it was the low point for me. <laughs> well, fair enough. So, once we got to the second Rick's Diner, it was just long, and you were in this shrub bush that was about head high, but it totally blocked all the wind, and you were in the sun. And it just, oh, it took it out of me. Lots of big rocks little rocks you had to get your front wheel off them you didn't want to drop on your pipe and you skid plated it was just you were so hot you were constantly stopping and resetting yep. to hit another rock like it, they were there was no trail that had any sort of flow no what, it was i mean just it was just the bush was cut out in a certain yep. spot and you just went through it. yeah they basically cut the bushes out and i one thing I, one thing i will say so arrows they didn't have anything to put arrows to because there's not any trees so they tied pink ribbon on the right side of the trail as much as possible. Rocks. What? You should just paint the rocks. Or paint the rocks. Well, I don't think, you know, this, the second race you could see everything a lot better once it got ridden in. But I really liked the pink ribbons on the right side of the trail so you at least knew, okay, roughly where you needed to be. I didn't notice that they were all on the right. So. Well, he said that at the riders' meeting. I'm like, you could have told us I that. I didn't go. So. Oh, well, there you go. You're on That's fault. my bad. Um, but so once we got, so there was two checkpoints. The second checkpoint was halfway through the second Rick's diner. And when I got there, they said Cody made it from there to the finish in 25 minutes. And after the second checkpoint Good is when it got gnarly. <laughs> and so the rocks got bigger and then Big Bertha and a couple downhills that were basically, this is an off-road park for Jeep side-by-sides yeah. and four-wheelers. And 
some of the Jeep rock crawler, rock bouncer obstacles were just huge, massive. Well, hit a bump, lost your phone. Um, so I got to one with Drew Dobbs, and he was walking his bike down, and I was like, yep, I'm doing that. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's just I don't like, I don't like going over the bars with a bike coming after me. I got to one after I threw my chain and got it back on. Okay, cause, so Jared started again a row behind me, caught me really, really quick after my little hill incident. And um, I was feeling sandy in the beginning. Well, when he was doing great, I think Will told me you were up on me about 10 minutes, and so that hurt a little. But, <laughs> but it is what it is until I came around the corner and saw you standing there with your chain off. Yep. Yeah, but it's how she goes sometimes. That's, that, like well, I in, said, lots of cracks that were chain guard height. <laughs> yes. So. And there was lots of – I had several of uh, my bike. I knew I was hung up. Uh-huh. Like, it, whether it was the foot pegs, whether it was the chain guy, the rotor guard – I just tried to lean her back and gas it and hope it came out. Yep. You know, luckily, I think all my spokes are still there. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't check mine. All yeah. I know is I just sent it up this little crease, and I made best. it to the top with without any forward propulsion. Well, and what of, what of the cooler thing? So after checkpoint two, at checkpoint two on the first race, Ezra, I think it's Ezra Judd, the guy, the Sherco kid, right, the B rider, Ezra Prine. Ezra Prine. Who was doing so Ezra good? Ezra Judd. <laughs> I think there's an Ezra Judd as well. Is there? Yeah, huh. I think. Ezra Prine. But Ezra Prine, he like fallen good over. Kid. Good kid. I like him. I, just, I was yelling a lot of nonsense to him. Well, so probably, he probably thinks I'm an idiot. He had fallen down in this weird spot. I'm like, what's happening? He was missing his right foot peg. Yeah, he so told me that. I followed him through the second half of Rick's Diner 2 with him having one foot peg. And like, there was a lot of places you had to do like trials maneuvers. Right. And he just... He couldn't do it. it yeah, he, he well, yeah, I don't know. Oh. Props to him. So I ended up getting around him because, I mean, anytime it got really gnarly, he, he just couldn't do it, unfortunately. Um, so the race won, Cody Webb won, Tristan Hart two, Max Gersten, another factory beta rider three, Benjamin Herrera all the way from Chile fourth, and Ron Como. So beta getting three of the top five. So pretty hey, pretty good ride for both for those the, guys. They had the presence there. They had the truck. They had they had the semi. Well, <laughs> and somebody else who had a presence there. Who else had a presence there besides Beta? Bro, <laughs> thank God Sherco had so many people there because there was so much hoopla going on that I was able to steal one of their hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> they were just all wrapped up well, on paper plates in a big pile, and I there was no one around, and I was like, ah. Uh, they only got three riders and about 100 hamburgers. I'm taking one. So this was a, a big deal for Sherco. They had a hospitality tent. They had they actually had a whiskey tasting really? last night. Yeah, I it, didn't know that. That's why we kept you away. Oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't tell Jared about that. I would have stolen um, Cody Webb's bike. So, but they had their... Crashed into the parking lot. They had a bunch of employees. They're, they got several guys based out of Texas now. So they, had, they made a big to-do of it. And great job they had lots of their trials riders here yeah um i just i saw more factory shirko shirts than i think i've ever seen dieter gutier or yeah the other guy (laughs) yeah he was from another country he had a red bull helmet and dieter Dieter, where is it goran dieter goran i like it sure all right so everyone who finished i believe the first race saturday sunday morning qualified to the second race on and you didn't Sunday. even have to finish. Oh, yeah, well, because didn't you didn't. Finish yeah. Well, you made checkpoints, so maybe that was it. Yeah, but anyway, they, they took the same 100. We started the same 10 to a row from the morning race. Well, they added a few more changes. Just a couple. Yeah, so instead of starting about 50 feet behind the first obstacle, they made us put our front wheel 
against the on the telephone pole at the bottom, which adds just a whole nother level of difficulty. So, hope oh, another cramp. <laughs> we're good. We're good. I tried to cross my legs. Um, so, and also the hill that we had to go up, they decided to narrow up our choices to the steepest parts. Yeah. Ah, my wife's laughing. So, anyway, <laughs> I saw Tristan pushing his bike at the very top and in last like, place on the 10th row. You're just like, or the first this, row, sorry. this isn't going to end well. Yeah. So, and somehow I get another great start. Wayne Dickert was off to my right. He got a little better start, and he went left. And my plan was to go right, hit it a little easy, and power after that. And I made it almost to the top, and my bike was just getting ready to loop out, and I threw it to the top. And unfortunately, went one full Logan ball of pew. All, all the, the way, way to the bottom. the bottom. I went down. Only It wasn't near as smooth as his water <laughs> slide, but I didn't go near as fast. And you probably also didn't end with a filleted forearm. Oh, so. I was elbow, but yeah. Well, I'm um, so I had to climb back up, get on my bike, and keep going. So the, I'm, the walk of shame. No, it was worse because people were coming up, and I thought I was going to get run over. It's just nice because you're on you're on the stage where everyone could oh, see yeah, you. Oh yeah, so I tend to be good at that. At. So anyway, so my goal we only had an hour and a half to do the same course with added hard spots. Yep. And I talked to uh, Josh Shecker, and most of the hard stuff was added after checkpoint two. So That's what I heard as well. It took me roughly two hours to get to checkpoint two the first time. So I thought, all right, I'm obviously my goal is checkpoint two. But the course rode a lot better. Yeah, we were cruising. Yeah, so Jarrett caught me. It took him a lot longer to catch me. We were kind of going back and forth, back and forth. Got to the hey, Lady Rocks. After that, we were going back and forth a lot slower. <laughs> we were making first gear passes. And I, I've never ridden so slow between hard stuff it's and it was so i it was just it was embarrassing but i'm like just keep moving forward like i yeah i was in my helmet i'm just just keep swimming just keep <laughs> swimming and i've never used first gear more in my oh. entire life and there's a lot of fun trail yes that i know if i was like if it was an enduro test i could send it well, and, and i could not get my bike my body to shift up to second gear well and a lot of the really fun flowy stuff you're talking about was after check two after big bertha and those scary downhills we probably uh -huh. had three miles of yeah. just and it got it was getting burned up so uh -huh. good yeah I so it, it was that part the first race sorry. oh yeah the first race yeah i was like oh, what? yeah no sorry so anyway i knew the lady rocks we got there the bottleneck was much less mm -hmm. than before so we ended up teaming up you teamed up with nick wortham Yes. And I think Jackson Davis and I teamed up, made it through there, um, and then I got to Rick's Diner, too, and I knew halfway through this was the checkpoint. Uh-huh. And who did I find at that checkpoint? Oh, moi. <laughs> and I just looked at the guys, and I said, take my number, I'm going to the truck. <laughs> he, didn't even, he didn't even say, like, how good, glad to see you made it through, <laughs> nothing, didn't even acknowledge that I was there. He just points at the scoring guy and says, take my number, I'm leaving. Yeah. So I didn't think I had enough time to finish anyway. But I will say about a quarter of a mile before that, I fell off one of those holes you don't want to fall in, bike upside down, similar to yeah. what I did at the Bad Medicine. Bad Medicine where I was really in a hose. But unfortunately, my foot got caught under my handguard, and I was stuck. And luckily, Nick Wortham was behind me at this point. What a guy. And he goes, you need help? And I was screaming, yes. And then he gets my bike off of me, and he goes to walk away, and he said, 
do you need help getting your bike up? And it, there was no way I was lifting it up. And I said, I will give you a T-shirt <laughs> if you will help me out of this situation. He would have done it for free. I know, but he didn't want to. And he'd also asked me for another pickle juice that I had earlier. And I said, no, you can't have that. I'm going to need it. So I gave him the pickle juice, and uh, he also came and claimed his shirt after that race. So. <laughs> Right, basically, as, as he should, as he should have, yeah. So he has one of the new AHE orange shirts that we've got, and uh, so that was where our race weekend ended. Yeah, I. Yeah, we 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 took the ride of shame we back to together. the van. At least we took it together, hand in hand, into yeah. the sunset. Luckily, we didn't get in any of those Jeep mud holes. Someone, <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone, we got here on Friday doing a little course, you know, observation, getting set up. I see two of the factory Sherco trials kits come back, and they were on brand new Shercos, just covered in mud. They were covered in mud. I was like, well, I don't know what they got into. So someone had told us later that day that some of these mud holes don't look deep, but yeah. they will swallow a Jeep. We could probably ask Farringer about that in the final Ooh. because he had some mud. He, he's, his entire right side was just brown. So I guess on to the finals. Or do we want to say who won that race? I know oh. Cody won. Tristan got second. My fact checker is going to look up who oh. got third. He's this getting close. Is this is race. Oh, hold on. Nope. This is all right. Great. Hopping. That's great, all. Great that's, radio, bro. Yeah, that's all I've been doing is talking. It feels like. Um, Sorry. No, no worries. So we've got Cody, Tristan, Max again, Ben Herrera, and Coma. That must have been. We said the results from the second race for the first race. But, okay. but long story short, we know that. Cody won and Tristan got second. And Cody was looked like a man on a mission every time we saw him. This was a lot of trials, maneuvers, and Tristan's got trial skills, but he said in an interview after the main event that Cody was just better in the rocks today. Um, and so he, no, it he was just literally just the same. Okay, so it was the exact same outcome for both races. All right, so again, that's where our weekend ended. We got packed up in the 94 degree heat. Um, and decided to go watch the finals. Finals is a little different. Uh, in years past at Rev Limiter, everything's really packed in close, and I think they do like a one or two mile course. Well, this stuff's a little more spread out, and they did like a, a I think it's a four mile course. Some of the stuff we ran for the hot lap, but they added in some gnarly stuff around the lake. Um, I mean, some stuff I wanted no part of. And they ended up taking 25 riders. And when they got probably half a mile in. Tristan was in first. We were doing some live video. Cody was right behind him, and then Cody made a little move and got around him, and I think that was the pass for the lead because yeah. Cody ended up winning. Um, the second time they came through, Cody had a minute lead on Tristan. The third time they came through, it Tristan had cut it back to 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, said he'd put a charge on, but, dude, yeah. everyone looked smoked after that. Everyone looked smoked after the second race. Yeah. And we had also, so the scoring was moto format, right? Correct. So I, I'm sure Tristan knew that even if he passed Cody for the win there, yep. he wasn't going. He was still going to get second anyway. Yeah, but, it would have taken Cody getting like out of the top five. So but, basically, his bike breaking. You give the kid props because he charged the entire race. He probably had what five to ten minutes on Gersten. Oh, yeah. The, the, and it was at least. Um, we look up the final results, unofficial. So we'll, we'll go through the unofficial top ten. Um, yeah. Cody got first. Tristan got second. Max held on for third. 
Ryder LeBlanc, go the other way so I can see what number. Ryder LeBlanc, riding on Chuck Galula's new team, Galula Racing, uh, ended up fourth. Benjamin Herrera, fifth. Will Rorden, Australia, sixth. Quinn, seventh. And when he came through, he was smoked as well. Yes, it was. <laughs> David Garza, eighth. Dieter Gorin, Gorin ninth. And Mitch Carvoth, yes. hadn't raced, I don't think a race this year, shows up. The Sherco... 300 he was on the pipe was half out of the cylinder yeah it sounded like a weed whacker yeah it was it was a, a horribly running weed whacker and um he was late for the start of race two because uh, he comes flying up and lines up right next to me going well, what row is this and i was like row four and he's like darn it <laughs> well, and, and it's funny because on instagram originally race two on sunday was supposed to start at 1 p.m they moved it up to tighten things up to try to get the final going earlier and get people on the road to noon, 12 noon. Uh, a lot of people didn't know. They, they didn't look. And, of course, they gave us all of this information in the rider packet. So if they would have checked out, they would have known. But we're, we're cruising, and I had another bad start on the second one. And I hear a guy come up on me, give me a yell, and I look back, and I'm like, I don't know. I think that's Mitch. And so I get over, and he's gone. Yeah. He was on a mission. So – he needed to make top 25. I'm not sure what he got in the first race or the second race, but to come from starting a couple minutes late, that's a good ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. All right, so the highlight of the main event. Troy. Troy. Hands down. So, I mean, we didn't see the entire race, but no. Troy. But he – what he did was like an eight-foot splatter, and he tried it once. It didn't work, and this is in the Red Bull roller coaster area. He tried it once, and – the bike was straight up in the air and then over vertical Yeah, and real it was, quick. It was right when we walked over that he tried it once. Um, and, and then, then Bo- Bobby Cornwell on the four-stroke, about he sent it off into a bad hole. Yeah. And so Troy was next. Adam Hartnagel was, 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 was waiting. Yeah. He, was, he had his helmet off because they were – I mean, it was brutal. It was so hot. There was a – you could either do a left-to-right switchback. On a very steep incline. Or – you could jump off a rock and clear that switchback yep. and just land at the top. And the consequence was like a six-foot hole to your right. Yeah, that you would to the ground at, at second gear wide open, yep. and it's just jagged rocks. Yep. And so we see Troy, we Troy. see the aftermath of the first attempt. Yeah, and, and then, then he's lining up, and he's I'm like, are you going to do it again? He's like, I think I'm going to try it again. <laughs> I was like, all right, buddy. And we'll, we will make sure to post the video because it is super cool. It, it's just <coughs> something that doesn't look like anything on video. And it was the all anyone was talking about. There was maybe, what, 20, 30? Oh, yeah, there was there. a bunch of us there. And, I mean, it was a full screaming, yelling. Yeah, and after, after everyone was through, people were going down to look at the line that yes. Troy took to try to see, like, how we did it how it was even possible yeah it was and, I mean, hysterical the, the rocky hit was kind of hidden off to the left yeah and get, it, when it wasn't even he i kind of mowed over a couple weeds to yeah. find this left yeah. to find this launch but it worked so that was for <laughs> me was that cool. was oh it was man cool. it, it was super see, cool he was stoked too oh, when he, he got was. to the top yeah so the finals i think the i don't know how many guys made three laps i know two, two. maybe three i don't think gersten ever came for three did he not did he? I don't know, but but he ended up third place. Um, so overall, it was an awesome weekend. I feel like I have dust in my pores, in my eyes. It's everywhere. 
Yeah, um, he did not. He only did not. Cody and Tristan did three laps. Okay, so uh, and only the top ten did two laps. Everyone else did one. Okay, well, and if I would have made the top twenty, I think what you were twenty six, I was twenty seven. Something like that. Yeah, I, I don't think I could have gone out because again, I wouldn't have. Well, and Jackson Davis and I think Gary Shelter were behind us at checkpoint two for the yep. Sunday race, and they they pushed on to finish and, and barely you, made it, yeah. but they did make it. Yeah, and and Nick Wortham missed it by five minutes. Um, oh, five no, he minutes? missed it by five minutes. Oh, Jackson dang. got it by like four or five seconds. Yeah. Um, but another thing Will was telling me about was at Big Bertha. There's a few lines up it, but it's basically this like eight foot by 12 foot rock on a very steep incline you've got to go up he said adam hartnagel just tried it once back to the bottom (laughs) in his instagram story we saw it earlier it's pretty funny what was the quote is he captioned he captioned the video on his instagram story like uh just just me out here making sure gravity's still working yeah and it's just his bike sliding, sliding scratching his way down this rock so, and just sitting there, hands on hips. Just, just <laughs> we've, what am I doing with oh, my life? You know? we've, we've all been there. But So kind of to wrap things up, 2020 Rev Limiter, Bridgeport, Texas, was awesome. Uh, I had fun. It was hot. Um, we thought in, where? what are we, in September? Uh-huh. Like the last Rev Limiter was in March, and I've never been so cold in my life. This one, it was supposed to be in the eight, low 80s a week and a half ago, and we ended up in the mid-90s, I believe. So that's a wrap for Rev Limiter. It's also a wrap for the AMA East and AMA, the Sherco AMA East, AMA West Extreme Series for the year. Cody ended up winning the pro class. Tristan was second. I would assume Max was third, but I'm just going on a limb. I would as well. Um, And so I guess guess that's it. We've got some SEER races coming up, some local stuff. Um, If there's anything y'all want to hear on a podcast, let us know. We're trying to decide what to do. Um, maybe some longer form stuff with some of the riders, see if we can get them to talk about where they came from. I was going to say, um, some story stuff would be fun. Yeah, and I, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd like to know the history. We've gotten to know some of these guys well enough. I think we could get them to give us an hour of their time to talk about you know, where they came from, what they did, how they got so good. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun to do like a privateer island like Pulp MX does. Yep. Just do only, something like that. Only their factory. Oh, okay. Or, or, or get some of the guys that are. Oh, oh sorry, I, yeah. I didn't know who you were talking. Well, about. Well, I mean, we could get, we could get anybody. I want to interview so. Ron Tomo. All right. Well, he was, he was contemplating things when he timed out of the race. I just feel like he'd just be a great interview. He seems like a great guy. He, well, I mean, dude, how many great guys are in the pits? Like freaking Max. True. He's Max. Max is Max. He Max is Max. Farringer's Farringer. Nick's Nick's Nick. Como's doing drifting in the rental car yeah como should lot. he needed to go do that autocross because he about uh, he about slid into us one yeah. day on the gravel road he said he said if he would have got full insurance on his rental car he, he would have been out there in the corolla or whatever oh, he was driving gosh. that would have been a sight to see well all right guys well hey thanks for listening we've we've been going a little longer than i thought but that's 42 minutes huh. yeah so all right guys well hey Till we, uh, I guess, hopefully get out there and do some riding and uh, let us know what you want us to hear or what you want to hear. Can't talk. All right. See you guys. Always a pleasure. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me, Hunter? I can. What's going on, Hunter Williams? Not much. Just getting ready to head to this uh, girl Sear Sear training camp. So it's gonna be awesome. Nice. Where, where is this being held? 
it's at Holly Tree where the COVID crusher was back in May. So it's looking like it's going to rain a little bit this evening, but hopefully not like it did for for that COVID crusher event. Hopefully the girls will have it a little better than everybody else did there. I was going to say it couldn't possibly be any slicker than it was at that race. I know. It was terribly slick. And I wasn't even racing, and it was awful. Right, right. Okay, so the last SEER event that we had was it's, – it's been a few weeks now, I guess three weeks since the night event. Tell me a little bit about how it – Man, it was great. Um, unfortunately, the Hurricane Delta, I believe it was, scared a bunch of participants off kind of the, the week of. and um, but, but we had about 30 to 35 participants come down, and, man, they had the – best time we had not one negative comment regarding the race and uh man it was slick and some gnarly terrain but and everybody seemed to have a good time with it being at night also so if you uh if you did get to come race that race you're one of the very few that can say you raced a hard enduro at night and in a hurricane so (laughs) it was a good time Nice. Unfortunately, I was racing mountain bikes that weekend with my son, so I had to miss it. But um, I know uh, Nick Farringer took the win. Um, who got second? Did Chuck get second? Actually, Quinn got second. Um, That's right. I forgot yeah. Quinn was there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Quinn. Uh, Quinn got sick on like the end of his second lap and had to uh, bail out. But um, Chuck was just a little behind, so he. Um, he wasn't able, you know, Chug also did two laps. So, um, but, but Quinn did his two laps faster. So he got second right. and Chuck was third. Okay. Who won the silver class in that? Uh, Gavin Smith. And I think he was maybe fourth overall. So, so, so Gavin this year, I mean, it's, it's time for him to go ahead and step up to gold. I mean, it almost looks like he's starting to sandbag a little bit. Yeah. That new Baki finally got on that thing. It's like a <laughs> rocket ship. So he got nice. a pair. He got a new pair of boots a few, I guess, like eight or nine months ago, something like that. And he got better when he got his new boots, and then he got his new bike, and it was game over for a lot of people. <laughs> well, may, maybe he should get a new helmet or something. Maybe. Just keep stepping it up. Yeah, he'll be taking on Nick and Quinn and them next. Well, did did you guys, or just out of curiosity, did you see any interesting light setups or anybody running anything out of the ordinary um, for that race? Yeah, I mean, it's so weird. You have so many different options. You got your expensive task or Cyclops setups and then your pro setups. Yeah. And then you got your, you know, Amazon specials and they all seem to get the job done. It's just one of those things of, okay, am I willing to go this cheap route and possibly have a failure with my lighting system? You know, and obviously if you go the expensive route, you can have a failure, but you know, you just kind of got to pick your poison on that. But yeah, they all seem to do really well no no duct tape and mag light setups none of that i, I did not see <laughs> that you might could get away with that in the hair scramble but i'm not sure beating and banging in a hard enduro if it, you'd have to really secure them on that's cool okay well for this event y'all are headed to now at holly tree how many ladies are signed up for the weekend uh when gary i guess gary and Derek, you know they are they started the whole uh, wanting to do the women's thing they talked to Ashley Peterson and um, she she really they were like what would it take to get girls you know to race a hard enduro and she said we really need a training day to 
an introduction to hard enduro. So, you know, Derek and his wife, Lizzie and Gary, they've all kind of been uh, getting this set up for these girls. And, you know, they were expecting five to eight, ma- the max 10 girls. And right. now there's 32, I think, coming. What? So, yeah, that's unbelievable. They're coming from Idaho and is it Minnesota, maybe? <laughs> so it's crazy. Wow, that well, that's really promising for the future of not only y'all series, but all you know, hard enduro in this country. So that's great news. Yeah, that that was super awesome. It was like every day we kept checking, and the the registrations were going on for the night race at the same time it was the women's clinic, and we started getting more women signing <laughs> up than we had for the night race. But uh, but all's good for that. So we're pumped that all those girls are coming out. It's going to be a good time. I'll try to be getting some videos and photos and stuff. So, so I guess maybe and this is kind of off subject, but maybe the next step in this whole promoting hard enduro thing is to get uh, the little guys involved, getting the youth ranks in there. Have you guys considered anything like that? Um, it's, I think it was mentioned last week. Someone commented on Facebook and, um, you know, just with it being so late in the year and how stressful this year has been for everybody already. But um, next year, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no, there won't be one. But, uh, yeah, it'd be it's finding the venue, you know, where you can set up a little side course to do it at. That's kind of what that would boil down to. Right. So, but, yeah, that'd be awesome. I know um, at, at Rev Limiter a couple of weeks ago, there was a kid, I think he was on an 85 big wheel in the in the amateur morning race and i saw him put passes on people the dude could shred so i mean i know there's some young rippers out there so they just need a place that they can you know hone their craft and and just i mean obviously it helps to have a a a real full-size motorcycle but you know as they grow you know i think that hard enduro is just kind of it's not taking over but it's definitely gaining more popularity so i just want to see those guys have an opportunity Oh yeah. Yeah. The, if you get that younger generation involved, that gets more mom and dads involved. And from there it just, you know, it goes right on. So the, the main purpose of this call is to talk about this, uh, TTC, um, event that's been coming up. We've always wanted to do an event at the trials training center that wasn't the TKO. Um, and I guess due to some, land issues at CMRA and other places, it's kind of forced y'all to, you know, seek out a new venue and tell me a little bit about how this all evolved. Yeah. So, um, obviously with the, um, CMRA deal with the Sasquatch GPS stuff that, that put a dampener on a little bit of the scheduled series, but, uh, we were going to revert back to Holly Tree, I believe, for this final round. And then Gary uh, Barr got to talking to the new, I think his name's Larry Smith down at the TTC, the new manager, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And just was talking to him about, you know, letting us come in and put on a race. And they uh, kind of gave him the approval. And, man, you could not turn down that opportunity. Right. So, yeah, so that is super sweet. It's going to be nothing like the TKO, and it's not going to be 105 degrees, which is <laughs> going to be awesome. <laughs> well, and, and hopefully it won't be super slick, but you never know. Um, you know, November can can <laughs> it can be wet, but um, it might snow. Imagine if it snowed. Oh man, that'd be sweet. I mean, I'm. 
I doubt it'll happen, but hey, there's a chance in November, especially right. up in that valley. You never know. Well, and and I've been I've seen a lot of the um, the videos and, and pictures you guys have been putting on there, and it looks like y'all are adding in some trail, adding in some new sections. Um, tell me how that's been going. Yeah, the uh, there's going to be a ton of new single track. We're trying to eliminate as much as that of that Saturday section stuff as possible. You are going to have to use it, um, you know, to get around a little bit from section to section. But we're eliminating as much of that as possible and um, using a lot of the downhill mountain bike course courses nice. um which are you know those guys are crazy just about anyways so this is uh gonna give us a new opportunity to uh kind of utilize some of that stuff that's never been ridden by dirt bikes before so well f- funny enough um there is a mountain bike enduro at that location the weekend beforehand and i'm racing that race with my son so i'm hoping i'm hoping that that will might give me a little bit of insight um on those trails but it's probably not going to help at all. Yeah, for the most part, you're going um, <laughs> the wrong going way. The wrong way, yeah. So, but yeah, they, those guys have been up there and they've been super cool. Derek and Gary have been talking to those guys and um, the guys putting on that go nuts event, I guess. And um, yep. they've been super super helpful with where they're kind of staying and where we're staying. So it's it's shaping up good for us to coexist up there while we're working together. Well, that's cool. And and I'll be down there the whole weekend for that go nuts race. So I may have to sneak my bike into the van and see if I can uh, do a little scouting while I'm down there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's going to be wild. Well, and, and I think what's really cool about the event y'all are putting on is that it's going to give some guys that haven't made it to Sunday that haven't made it to, you know, the top 25 race to see some more of the property, to see some more of the, the just wild, gnarly sections. I, I mean, I don't know if y'all are going to put Lampkin Falls in there. Um, just some of the property they've never seen before, right? Yes, uh, they they will get to see Lampkin Falls. You're going up to the cave pretty much. So Nice. Um, yeah, so you're starting right there at the Big Rock. and Well, you're not starting there, but obviously when you get to the Big Rock, there and you just head right up to Lampkin Falls so that's going to be like three-fourths into the lap though so if you make it there uh you need to get up to the cave and and get back down and and complete your lap so you'll be doing good okay. if you make it there I, I've I've done that during two, two races and I honestly don't remember it I think I was blacked out it was like so hot and, and you know so far oh man and and you know i came out of the section i was like i think i just did lampkin falls but i don't know for sure but yeah so i'm looking forward to it um what's kind of the format of the event okay so that we've kind of tossed around a little bit gary and derek have been you know they want to go out with a bang on this one um so what they've decided on is um there's going to be multiple checkpoints so you're going to be scored throughout the whole lap. Um, I think they're going to have five checkpoints uh, throughout the course, and they're probably going to have a 10 to 12-mile track, and it's going to be four hours, and you just go till they tell you to stop at a checkpoint. So at the four-hour mark, you can head back to your truck. So everybody's racing for four hours, if that makes sense. It does. So if – well – Spoiler alert, Cody Webb's coming. So if, right. Co- if, if Cody Webb um, does three laps, 
he has three laps. I mean, that's just the way it's going to go. I mean, he'll he'll have four hours to right. Correct, and the whole incentive to the four hour cutoff and so many checkpoints is you have to you know the whole time you're trying to make it to the next checkpoint. Just keep moving. Yeah, just keep moving. You want to make it to the next checkpoint because if you pass a guy and he doesn't make it there, well, then, you know, you beat him. So, right. Okay, so how, how are y'all going to do the start? I mean, is it a mass start or are you doing five at a time? Yeah, it's just going to be a typical sear mass start for this one. Um, we're, u- we're using the top corner of that green field up there so um, where the, the corkscrew uh, grass track normally is mm-hmm. um, so we're getting away from the enduro cross normal start at the tko and getting up in that grass field for a mass start and then i'll uh i'll let you wait till the the or the day of the race for the surprise of what's going to happen <laughs> after the start <laughs> okay I, my, my mind is racing i'm like all right which creek are we headed to are we going to the moose roadbed hill are we going back to the hot lap i, I just is it the waterfall? You know, there's just there's so many good areas right there. Yes, and that's that's the thing about that property. It's so beautiful, and it, you know, there's so many places that are perfect for that for what we do. I mean, that's just the best. You still place. there? Yeah, you here? Hello. Hey. Hey, I lost you for a second. I, yeah, I could hear you just fine. I don't know. Okay, well, you're back. Um, yeah, I'm back. Cool. Um, I mean, any, so tell me about some of the terrain and obstacles. Um, obviously we've talked about a lot. Is there anything we've missed as far as that goes? Uh, some people have been seeing that wash. I'm not sure if you've seen the photos. I have. Yep. But this wash, Derek Bratcher found it and he was like, we're going to go up that. And I looked at it and said, you can't, there's no way. But in typical Derek Bratcher fashion, he got his bike over through the sticks and debris, and he went all the way to the top of that thing, zigzagging his way up the deepest rain ruts I've ever seen. So it is nice. going to be the coolest spot. It's probably one of the coolest sections in a hard enduro event that I've ever seen. And you're going to be able to see your opponents going up the wash, just zigzagging across back and forth in front of you. Well, cool. I mean, it sounds like some of these areas could be future, you know, Red Bull TKO coverage areas, it, you know, from what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I, you know, I hope they are. I hope they utilize a lot of the stuff that we're putting in because we're putting in a lot of a lot of trail for them up there. So I hope they use it in the future. Absolutely. So how, how are you guys doing the scoring of the checkpoints? Is it traditional just old school writing it down or do y'all have a scoring system now uh there will be the uh web score that we've been using at our events that we've held that Derek and gary have put on um they'll have the web score app on a tablet at each uh checkpoint and then they will have a manual uh backup book so i got you cool all right so obviously the the current series point racers nick ferringer i guess he's already wrapped it up Quinn Wenzel, um, Chuck DeLula, those guys, um, obviously me and Drew Kirby and, you know, I'm sure Chance Baker and Steven Edmondson. I don't know if all those guys are coming, but I'd imagine that the normals are coming other than Cody Webb, which is huge news. Uh, any other, you know, ringers coming in? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on who else might be following Cody across the 
the big state, but um, I, I hope some more guys, some more top guys come to give all these guys a, a run for their money because they're going to love, I think they're going to love racing here in the, at this time of year. So I, I don't have any other big names, but I'm really looking forward to Cody coming over and, and racing with us. So are y'all, are y'all going to be out there with a leaf blower clearing trail for us? <laughs> uh, you won't see me out there with a leaf blower. You may have to ask, ask Derek or Gary about that one. All right. Cool deal. Um, so I guess there's an award ceremony after the race on Saturday night. Is that right? Yeah. On Saturday afternoon, um, they're going to tally up the final points uh, for the uh, people who are registered for the Sear series. And uh, then we're going to have a little get together under the big green pavilion where they kind of have their trials events staged and uh, going to feed everybody. Gary Barr says, and, uh, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a GNCC banquet dinner, but it may be pizza or Subway or something along that lines. And um, everybody just kind of hang out and telling more stories and getting their trophies. So it'll be a good time. Cool. Looking forward to it. Um, all right. So, I mean, obviously that's going to kind of be a wrap on the 2020 season. I mean, you guys really stepped it up this year. Um I feel like this is kind of really year one for you guys. I mean, no offense to 2019 effort, but I mean, 2020, you guys have done a really good job. What's 2021 looking like? I wish I had all the answers and I wish I could give out the stuff that I do kind of know, but I know this, if what is kind of generally planned for next year happens, it's going to be some pretty crazy news coming out in the future. Um, so they, and especially for the top guys that are going to be battling for the uh, 2021 series overall champ. So there's some pretty, pretty wild stuff going on with that. As far as the races go, we're going to be visiting, I'm sure the groundhog again and possibly battle of goats saddleback and uh, any of those guys that'll have us back. So we're looking forward to getting back with those guys and then our our standard uh, races that we're having and another another not event. Hopefully we'll have a lot more people attending that not event next year because, again, with, with everybody's positive feedback from it this year, I think there will be a, a bigger turnout next year. Well, I, I really hope that another GPS event comes online because, you know, I'm, I'm equipped. I'm ready to roll. You know, I was that week, I was so stoked about that race that was canceled at the last minute because of the land use issues. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm rooting for another GPS event to come along. Yeah. And that's all going to be dependent on that CMRA property. Um, but that's not my place to talk about. So we'll, uh, we'll just hope for the best on that. And if, if all happens, then we will get back there and put on a killer GPS event. Well, maybe if that location doesn't come through, uh, I can think of another one that might work. Um, we may have to, may have to communicate a little bit offline about that. Yeah, yeah. So that would uh, that would be good. So Derek Derek Bratcher, the trail boss, he's the the guy for that, and um, you know he would love to find a place kind of close to home to be able to go out there and tie all that together and get another gps event out there for everybody if you've done it in the past you know it's a blast so those guys that were ready to go this past year and didn't get to do it i hate it but you know it is what yeah, it is stuff happens 
So, yeah, I mean, if, if that's all we lost with the series series in 2020, we're doing pretty good considering most series sure. were completely canceled. I mean, this is, this year has been wild. Um, I'm not going to complain. I've gotten to race a lot, you know, I've, I've had a blast. So, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully 21 is even better. Who knows? Yeah, 21 is going to be better for everybody, I hope. So we're going to get <laughs> some good so. races put together and, and just keep at it. All right, so how do you guys find out about SEER, um, the Southeastern Extreme Riders, if we hadn't mentioned that already? How, I mean, how do we find out about these races? Um, the normal uh, social media presence, uh, Facebook is at SEER Off-Road. You have Instagram, which is at SEER underscore riders. And then our website, which uh, is Derek's wife, Lizzie. She does a phenomenal job yeah, she keeping does. our website updated. And that is SEER-Racing.com. And you can find all the event details and, and even more on there. And actually, she just created us a YouTube channel because we are doing those pre-race and post-race kind of just – uh, video chat interviews on upcoming events and past events just to kind of get some details out there about them good deal and as, if all else fails which th- i do this just search sear racing on your google search and it'll come right up it's the first thing so it's there it, okay yeah good. y'all's website's easy to get to the points are there you know all the races so y'all do a good job keeping your your website updated i wish i could do a better job um it's like man there's just so many irons in the fire sometimes so it's it's awesome when you have a good team uh i know other than gary and Derek, and obviously Derek's wife and you is there anybody else involved you'll need to think man there's a bunch of people involved you know you got uh i call i call him danger dave and then uh you got timo we're always out there with Derek and gary laying out courses you know giving input on certain sections and sometimes button heads but hey you know that's part of it you gotta gotta get through that and get done so you can have the best race course possible but but yeah and and debbie Barr, you know everybody lizzie everybody and hannah hannah's even stepped in and worked some checkpoints <laughs> nice not racing the pouring down rain so yeah, everybody's involved and very appreciative of everyone. So, All right. Well, good deal, man. I'll let you get on down to Alabama um, and, uh, you know, we'll have to we'll have to talk soon. We got Enduro Cross actually starting here in about hours. Um, so we're pretty stoked to have some more ro- racing going on. And then this it's a silly season. There's all kinds of, you know, movement with teams. And then um, we've got the European races started back. Romaniex is coming up soon. So there's actually some stuff to talk about in the world of hard enduro. So hopefully everybody will stay tuned and we should have a podcast coming up really soon, um, like early next week. So hopefully you guys can give it a listen. Thanks a lot, Hunter. You'll have a good weekend, man. All right, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. See you on the. All right. See you, bud.